Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Get to talk about 49ers free agency. They continue to make moves. Uh, these are not moves that maybe everyone would get really excited about, but uh, they are moves nonetheless, and they are other solid moves that the San Francisco 49ers continue to make to build out uh, their roster, fill out some holes. Uh, but now they're starting to work on depth. Potentially got a couple of starters here or there. Uh, but for the most part, the 49ers have been about making sure that they have the deepest possible roster that they can they can get. And and how's it going, everybody? How about them Niners in the house? Uh, Kylie in the house as well. How's it going, everybody? Hope you guys are doing good. Lou, what's up? And we'll get to Lou. We'll get to your restructure question that I've seen that you left on one of the videos. I'll make sure to get in all that today. Uh, really excited about this stream because the 49ers continue to make some moves that maybe might fly under the radar, uh, but could pay some big dividends in the future. And I think one of the, the biggest ones, of course, is that they go ahead and they go out and got Cleveland Farrell yesterday. Uh, the details of the contract have begun to emerge. He's getting $2.5 million, so very cheap. This is very close to what they did when they brought over Maurice Hurst and Arden Key before the 2021 season. So the 49ers going back to the same thing that's worked before. Get a player that has an extreme amount of ability. I mean, Farrell was drafted in the top five. Was he a top five player talent-wise? No. Uh, he was, to me, a second-round pick. I had a second-round grade on him. But Arden Key was a guy who was a second-round grade guy. And look at what he did with the 49ers. Six and a half sacks. Uh, so there's a lot of ability here with Farrell. Where Farrell's a little bit different than Arden Key. Arden Key was an edge guy that the 49ers were going to play inside. Where Farrell is probably not as athletic, not able to bend as, as good as Key, so he's a little bit of a different player. Uh, but Farrell's contract is exactly what the doctor ordered. And the way the 49ers used Charles Amenehu, uh Farrell is, is a, a talented version of, of that. A guy that can play inside and outside, can set the edge against the run. Those are all good things. So here's the deal. Uh, Farrell's one-year deal is $2.5 million with $1.82 million of that guaranteed. So he's going to be on this roster more than likely. Of course, last year, Nate Sudfield got $2 million guaranteed, and then he uh, hit the road and headed elsewhere. And then they gave him $660,000 signing bonus. He's going to earn a $1.16 million base salary and a $40,000 per game active roster bonus. Uh, so it's very good for the 49ers. It's a nice, cheap deal. But they get a guy that has the ability to set the edge in the run. Does it mean that Farrell's going to be a starter? 
No. Does it mean he's going to be a solid depth rotational piece? Yes. And at worst, or at best, maybe a rotational with Drake Jackson, where he plays early downs, Jackson then comes in on obvious pass downs and pass rushes, because I still have a concern about Farrell in the, I'm, I'm sorry, about Drake Jackson on early down. So those are all things that are going to play out for sure. And what's up, Paul? How's it going? I uh, hope you're having a good one as well. <laughs> uh, how about says chilling like a villain with a gold tooth filling, uh, bringing those rhymes. And I don't know if everyone noticed, but I'm wearing my Sam Darnold jersey today. Uh, so just like that, I got a Sam Darnold jersey, which is nice. Sure, everyone's excited about Sam Darnold's official press conference today. But uh, Jay Ellie asks, one big move left, Ant? Uh, question marks. I think there's always the potential of a move left because of the free agents that are still available. Now, the 49ers, of course, this is one thing Lou was talking about in the comments, was about the 49ers restructuring deals. So they restructured Charverius Ward early in the process and freed up close to $10 million. They used that money to bring in guys that they need to bring in and to bring back Jake Brendel. Then they renegotiated a contract with Fred Warner and were able to free up close to $10 million again. Now they have used a little bit of that money to sign players like Cleveland Farrell, Isaiah Oliver, who we'll talk about in a minute, but also bringing back T.Y. McGill, uh, those guys. Now, once we know what the top 51 contracts are, every time they sign a player and their, their money goes underneath that amount, they will not count against the salary cap. So just because they sign a player doesn't mean it eats up salary cap. I believe the 49ers now have close to 59 players on the roster, which means they sign a player under the top 51. He will not count. This is where you're going to start seeing those depths. That's why you see Demetrius Flanagan fouls come back. You know, and also T.Y. McGill, they can fit under that, have no salary cap implications, but you get them for depth reasons. They can help you on special teams. They can help you in depth and rotation, but don't hurt you salary cap-wise. So once they got past that number, it started getting a lot more clear. So could they use a, still do a, a big move? Yes. Do they still have money that they can free up? Yes. Christian McCaffrey, potentially, they could free up money there if they convert his money to a signing bonus and then spread it out. They could do the same things with Eric Armstead and Trent Williams. Uh, also with George Kittle, I think they would like to avoid that if possible. Not McCaffrey, the other three especially, because Trent Williams is getting older. He had talked about retirement. You don't want dead money for multiple years at the end of his contract that you're going to have to account for. Same with Armstead. He's getting to the point now where his money is pretty ridiculous. But if they had to do it, they would. It all depends on how much they want to go in. So I think that's part of it. Uh, Lou says Mayock was real high on him. They had some. They had some, had to be something there. He's definitely a good, solid player. I just it was a reach for top five. It wasn't a reach as far as a a solid, good player. Ten sacks in four seasons is not terrible. I think it could go up. Arden Key three sacks in three seasons for the Raiders. Then he comes over and plays for Chris Kasarek and absolutely lights it up. Now he's two contracts up, making big money. And I think that's exactly what Cleveland Farrell is trying to do here. And it could happen. Chris Kasarek is one of those guys. He's about it. He says, hey, come here. I will coach you up. You'll fit in my system, and you'll go out and make money. And I'm not saying that's like a, a myth of what I think he said. That's what he actually said. So that's what he's about. Brad says, yes, Ant only missed a few minutes, and we'll be here for the whole time. Awesome. Uh, Brad says, if Robbie Gold resigns during the stream, I'm done. Well, if he re if he resigns during the stream, I want to know because uh, I want to get all into that. And there has been a little bit of movement around the NFL. Nothing really big with the 49ers today. More uh, depth moves. Uh, but yeah. Lou says, is there any tier two tackles left you would like? To be, are, are we talking about, if we're talking about offensive tackles, to me, the San Francisco 49ers could potentially bring in somebody to fit that bill so let's go ahead and let's look at the let's look at the tackle market real quick and just see who's available uh there hasn't been a lot of movement on that i thought orlando brown's deal that he got yesterday i felt like he took less because he wants to play left tackle um but i mean the thing is the 49ers are looking for something different orlando brown you know he was he was a guy that was definitely wanting to play um left tackle it was something that was important to him so let's see 
We got Taylor Lewan, who's still available, but he's had all kinds of injury problems. He's over the age of 30 and has already said he doesn't really want to play right tackle. So I think you, I mean, I would love to have Taylor Lewan. I don't think that's an actual uh, possibility. George Fant, you know, what's his number look like? He's reached 30 years old, but he played in the system for the New York football jets. So uh, what, what would he, what was his average potential salary? $3.3 million. So, George Fant could be a possibility, a guy that's used to the NFC West as a guy that could come in and compete. Uh, it's all about how much they're going to cost. And if they're just that happy overall, uh, they could go, you know, with Colton McKivis, they could stay there. So let's see who else uh, that, I mean, there are guys. So I'm looking at this list right now. Billy Turner's another guy I'm not against potentially adding if the price is right to be able to compete. Um, but I mean, overall, the names are are guys that don't exactly trip your trigger as it would be. So to me, there's some guys that the 49ers could potentially go for that fit the system uh, that they could bring in and and compete with Colton McKivitz. And that might be what they ultimately try to do. Uh, I think the guys who stand out the most are George Fant and uh, Billy Turner. Unless the 49ers could convince Taylor Lewan to switch to the right side. He loves Trent Williams. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I mean, never say never when it comes to the 49ers, especially with the amount of players that have went out and got it going on. Okay, let's see. How about them? Niners says Raiders obviously saw something. They really excited them. Hysteric likely saw the same thing. Traits and knows how to refine his skills and coach him properly. Some of it too is scheme fit. So uh, the Raiders play a different scheme they have throughout, even when they drafted Farrell, when they drafted... Arden Kia and Maurice Hurst, they played in a different scheme. That's why players are excited to come here and play for Chris Kacerik. Javon Hargrave said today during his press conference that he wanted to come play for Chris Kacerik and that the style, he thinks he's actually going to be better than he was in Philadelphia, that the coaches there had them watch film of the 49ers and that, that style of play. So people are starting to mimic and kind of try to get the, the game and the defensive line play going that direction at which the 49ers do right now. Kacerik's method and his madness are starting to go around the league. Here's the key, though. He is the secret sauce. You guys see him coach. The energy and all of that is so good. So uh, to me, I, I think this is a great signing for Farrell. I think they'll get the most out of him. And then next year, to be honest, he'll probably move on and make a lot of plays. And and Paul says Farrell seems like a, his talents will work good with Wilkes fire zone defense where the ends draw back. It could, I don't know if his athletic ability, you know, fits him out in space. He's not exactly a guy that has that outside linebacker type ability. To me, he's a, a, and really close to a five tech in a three, four, a la what Eric arm said when he came out or uh DeForest Buckner, when they came out, I don't think he's as athletic as Buckner, uh, but I think that's kind of where he is. And then I don't games has got you another 14 in the building. Just what I needed. Uh, it came at just the right time. That's what I love to see. DZ says, I keep hearing Jimmy G failed his physical. Not like it's any of our business, but have you heard this? I have not heard anything about Jimmy failing his physical. Uh, so, I mean, I'll, I'll keep an ear out and see if I hear anything, but no, I haven't heard that as of now. Brad says, I'm honestly surprised the contract that hasn't been, uh, restructured. Uh, which contract was that ha that hasn't been restructured? BV says, Ant, do the 49ers address the O-line with their first pick? They could. And I think this is something that's been coming up, you know, pretty consistently uh, amongst fans. Everyone keeps coming through and asking me about the offensive line position in the draft. I think a lot of people, you know, see that potentially it's, it's something that the Niners need to address in the draft. I think it will be to a point the 49ers have definitely decided to go with offensive tackles kind of later in the draft as their normal model. Aaron Banks, of course, the outlier, an inter interior offensive lineman. They've taken one actual interior offensive lineman uh, since Kyle Shannon and John Lynch came in the draft. It was Aaron Banks. They took him in the second round. So to me, I think that you know the, the way they've kind of went, uh, you those guys that are, they'd probably be targeting um, will probably would pro are all probably going to go in the end of the second round to early third round, and that's one of the things I'm worried about. The guys who fit their system are kind of going to go there with Cody Mock, uh, Matthew Bergeron. Those guys are all going to be there. 
Um, so we'll see. Uh, overall, I know Jalen Duncan will probably go in the third round. Potentially, the 49ers could have some interest in him. I'm trying to trying to go over this list a little bit. I've been breaking down some of the offensive linemen. Um, and, you know, everyone's high on Blake Freeland. And 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 I, I told you guys I was going to get into his film. And I got into Blake Freeland film. And I got to watch a lot of the Senior Bowl practice film and got into that. And I'll be honest, he's not a second-round talent. Uh, I, I don't I don't think Blake Freeland should go in the second round. I don't think he should go in the third round. I got break Blake Freeland at a, a fourth to fifth round grade uh, from what I saw. I know he graded out very good at the combine with all those tremendous numbers. Uh, but I seen a six foot eight guy who was extremely slight uh, for, you know, 303 pounds. He was getting moved around. He bends at the waist. There's not a lot of flexibility in his hips, which. I thought I was going to see more of because of the athletic ability. To me, there's a ton of de development with Blake, Blake Freeland. I don't think he's ready to start in year one for sure. So I, I've kind of started moving off of Freeland as a target for the 49ers as somebody that could come in and and make an impact. And I know that's going to go against the grain of what most you hear from uh, 49ers, you know, content creators. But uh, I just, I don't see it. I see the athletic ability. I see the... Uh, you know, a lot of the things you would like as far as blocking in the zone scheme, but he's an absolute liability right now as far as pass blocking. Uh, he was struggling to get guys who went to the inside. He was bending and reaching on guys going to the outside. They were able to get under him with moves. Yeah, if he gets his long arms on you, he can do some damage, but then I didn't see the strength to be able to anchor consistently. I think you would get players like Nick Bosa or Justin Houston, guys that would get underneath his pads and absolutely put him down. So, uh, to me, I've kind of slowed on him. I'm going to continue to watch film, but right now, from what I've seen from Senior Bowl and a couple of games that I've watched, I got him as a fourth-round talent right now. Uh, so, I mean, I know that's different, but I think finding offensive tackles right now, BV50, has been has sort of been a struggle. Uh, I know there's some good ones early in the draft. I think I'm just trying to find a spot uh, where the 49ers pick in that into the third round, fourth round, where you're going to guy. I think if, if Freeland was there as a guy that you could potentially grab, I'm okay with that. Uh, but I think that'd be the highest spot I'd be willing to go up and get him, to, or I'd be willing to take him. I would no longer be willing to trade up to get him, uh, to be honest. Uh, Brad says, honestly, the only two losses we had, I, I really would have liked to have kept Brunskill and Charles Aminahue. Really good depth and rotation pieces for multiple positions. I think what the struggle is with Charles Aminahue is Charles Aminahue got close to $10 million a year. The 49ers were not going to match that. They let Samson Ebicom leave for $9 million a year. So those two guys definitely, you know, priced themselves out. I, I liked both of them, uh, but for production, I mean, you four and a half sacks for a Minihue, five sacks for Ebicom, that's solid for depth. I mean, that's really, really good as they're part of rotation. Uh, but a Minihue played more snaps than Ebicom, had less sacks. I know he had hurries and, and pressures and all those things count. They really do. Uh, and I like those. Um, but I don't know if that's $10 million worthy with the amount of players and the type of players that were open on free agency. If I'm paying someone $10 million, I want them to be able to get 10 sacks. I want double-digit sack numbers. Uh, so to me, they just priced out. With Brunskill, I think he went to the Titans for an opportunity to start. He did not have that here in San Francisco playing guard uh, with Banks and, and Burford playing the way they do. I think Brunskill leaving signals the 49ers plan to play Burford at right guard. Lou says, if San Francisco moves up on draft day, what position will they target? I think it's an edge guy. I think if you're moving up, you got to get a lot of bang for your buck. So you need a guy that's going to make an impact on your football team, whether that's this year or next year. You need a guy with elite traits. Uh, so I don't think you're going up to get anyone other than an edge rusher unless one of those offensive tackles that we mentioned kind of that were going to fall in that, that range that was like the end of the second, you know, it, into the second kind of like uh area you know one of those guys possibly fall and you're like okay okay now we're gonna go up and target one of these guys i think they would be willing because um colton mckibbitz is a, a solid prospect i know they were they had a third round grade on him when he came out but if you had the opportunity to get one of those guys that are kind of in that area like a cody mock who's been working with joe staley or matthew bergeron i think you go ahead and you do it uh so to me those two guys are are guys I'm interested in. They're offensive tackles. Um, and these guys have a lot of talent and they fit the scheme. So to me, those are two guys that I'd be willing to trade up for if I was going offensive line. 
Uh, but then edgewise, you know, Will McDonald or somebody like that falls to the end of the second round, uh, you jump up and get them. Even though there's a ton of edge rushers I really, really like in this draft, some of them who aren't as high as others, um, I, I just think there's a lot of talent in this draft overall, and I'm kind of excited to see where the 49ers are able to go with it because I, I think they can hit on some edge rushers and build some depth uh, for future, ro you know, future rotation where they won't have to spend money on these reclamation projects that they'll actually have guys, you know, under contract for two or three years with Chris Kasarik and being able to develop. Um, one of my star players is Zach Harrison out of Ohio State. If he was available, I would be willing to trade up for him uh, sometime in the third round. And I think he will probably go third round minus his pro day, him going crazy. If he goes crazy uh, in the in the pro day and runs a 4-4 at his size at you know, close to six foot six and his wingspan of 87 inches, there might not be any opportunity to go ahead and get him. Uh, but, you know, another guy that I've really started liking in this draft and in this process is Thomas Incombe. Uh, I really like him. He's he's a really good football player, and I've enjoyed watching his film overall. So Thomas Incombe is somebody that you could keep an eye on. He's out of Central Michigan. Um, he's he's a guy that, you know, ha has some good numbers. Is he tall? No, he's 6'2". He's 262. Uh, he's got 33 and a quarter inch arms. Uh, he's 4'640". He's still got the speed. He's got a really good first step, but he plays very physical. He plays strong. I like him overall. He's good against the run, uh, but I like his pass rush as well. So Thomas and Coombe is a guy that I'm starting to really, really enjoy when I'm watching uh, film. He's an edge rusher that I like. Uh, Brad says CMC's contract. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't renegotiated that yet, and they're probably waiting. I the, It's one of those things where I've heard people talking about also the, the deal that has to go with um, Nick Bosa's extension. And Nick Bosa's extension, they can wait all the way to training camp or close to training camp like they have before, and then that money could go uh, to subsequently pay the rookie contracts if they get it done between minicamp and training camp. So there's going to be some money there. I think they will restructure Christian McCaffrey's contract, especially if they decide to go after one of these edge rushers. It's a plentiful edge rusher market, uh, and right now it's saturated, and the money has already went some places. So there's going to be some guys who potentially fall through the cracks. Could that be a Marcus Golden? He's somebody that had 11 sacks last year is probably flying under the radar with big names like Jadavion Clowney and Robert Quinn. And uh, so those types of players, the 49ers usually can let them engage the market, see what their market value is, and then bring them in on pennies on the dollar with a promise that, Hey, look at Arden key. Look at Charles Menahue, Look at Samson. Ebucom. you come here, you're going to get a nice contract next year and maybe somebody looks at the market now, reassesses and says, you know what? I'm going to go get double-digit sacks for the 49ers, and then I'm going to go out else, elsewhere next year with a less saturated market and get the money. So I think that's still a possibility for McCaffrey's contract to be restructured if they decide to go with a big-time edge. Lou says, do you see any tackle talent in Nick Zakel? I think Nick Zakel has talent, tack uh, a talent ability uh, to play tackle. I think one of the things with Nick Zakel could be Daniel Brunskill just left. Could Nick Zakel be the next Daniel Brunskill? Right? All the conversation has been he's a five position player. So maybe maybe when they were looking at Nick Zakel, yes, they saw the ability to be a possible starting center, but in the short term, he could be that Daniel Brunskill replacement. He worked so much last year on playing center and guard. He already had his base and tackle at Fordham. So he could be the Brunskill replacement and a very pivotal uh, you know, backup player for the 49ers that he could play multiple, multiple positions. How about them Niners? Says, I'm looking at Zion Nelson, Blake Freeland, and Antonio Maffi as O-line targets for the 49ers. I think all are solid. I haven't really got into Zion Nelson too much, but he is fitting into that range of Freeland and Maffi, kind of where the 49ers could potentially go out and get them. Um, so that's, that's kind of, yeah. And I don't game since Freeland didn't look good in his one-on-one -on, -one, on, on his on-field drills during the combine, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I thought that it was the senior bowl really tipped it for me. I hadn't got into a senior bowl practice film. And when I got into it, I saw a lot of technique flaws. And as a former O-line coach, I was looking at it like, whoa, uh, <laughs> there's some work that needs to be done here. Uh, he's definitely raw. He has the potential. He has the physical traits that you like. Um, I do think being six foot eight at 302 pounds 
was a little concerning for me. If he's six foot eight, I want him to be about 325 pounds. Uh, I think that would be a better situation for him. That would show a lot more strength. Uh, what's up, Matt? How's it going? Your uh, Detroit Lions are having a, a really, really good offseason. Signing Emmanuel Mosley, uh, making other moves. They, they've done a pretty good job. I think they're going to be a playoff contender next year. Brad says, what do you think about the re-signing of Ty McGill? I love it because when you're looking at the depth of the 49ers defensive line, yes, the top end is completely solid now. So what they did uh, by adding Javon Hargrave, they put him next to Eric Armstead, and they have a unique ability to be able to pressure them from both interior spots. Uh, they can both play zero tech, one tech, three tech. You can move them any which way. So depending on strength of the, of the offense that they're playing, they can move those guys around, which can dictate offensive blocking. Uh, and they can also do things to break those offensive blocks. So to me, it's a solid move. And then when you start looking at the depth, they brought back Kevin Givens. That was great. He's a penetrator. They brought back T.Y. McGill, who was not just a penetrator, but was played pretty good against the run. They have a young guy, Kalia Davis, that now they have a lot of uh, depth with and hope for. Uh, so to me, it was good. And then you have Javon Kinlaw. And I think what people have to do now is adjust their thought process on what Kinlaw is. They wanted Kinlaw to be what Hargraves is going to be for this defense. He's no longer considered that. What he is now is considered the Hassan Ridgeway. Uh, so they brought Ridgeway in last year. He was going to be a, a two-down run stopper. Every once in a while, he was going to get a sack. Those were what they were expecting from him. He went out to the Houston Texans and got $4 million. The 49ers are expecting that to be Kinlaw, and he's going to make $4.9 million. So not a big difference between the two. I would just say that I think Kinlaw actually has a little bit more pass rushing ability uh, than, than Hassan Ridgeway. So just adjusting our mindset now on who the player is, I think will help us with his role that he's going to be engaged in this season. BV says, Ant, which player do you think the 49ers is the biggest loss? Um... When it comes to the biggest loss so far, I think when I was looking at it, I think Emmanuel Mosley made it feel like the biggest loss because of the secondary. Now, they went out and got Isaiah Oliver. It looks like they've definitely figured out that Diamond Lenore is going to start at the, the outside corner spot. Oliver being the one of the best against the run in the NFL, being good again in run fits, playing in the nickel is very important. It's like the third linebacker in nickel situation, so they have to be really good. He's big and physical the way Jimmy Ward was. I think that's the replacement. Uh, but I liked Emmanuel Mosley's ability on the outside. I thought that was a big loss for the 49ers. They weren't willing to pay $6 million. If the 49ers get an edge rusher that is big time to go with Hargrave, they will take the pressure off the secondary. Their number one guy, Tarverius Ward, they brought back the safety room. It's all good to go. So to me, it's it's Mosley right now. Um, even though Mike McGlinchey was a huge, a huge need, I don't think there's a giant drop-off between him and McKivitz yet. I want to see that. But last year when I saw McKivitz play, I thought he did a pretty good job. Brad says, um, and oh yeah, it isn't this heavy and deep on edge rushers. This draft is heavy on edge rushers. Edge rushers is one of the, the best ones. So I think tight end is the best of all of them in this draft. And then after that, I think it's edge rushers. How about them? Says, and do you think we have a shot at drafting Cody Mock? Not unless we trade up. You're going to have to trade up. Could be somewhere at the mid to end of the second round. I mean, if he made it to the, the third round, you would think the 49ers would be all over that. Packaging picks to be able to go up and get him. His versatility to play guard and tackle. Uh, the fact he's working with Joe Staley. I know the 49ers trust Joe Staley. Shoot, they want him to be one of the offensive line coaches. So to me, that would be a, a bang-up decision for the 49ers, but they would have to invest capital to do it. What's up, Trick, uh, Trickster? How's it going? I hope you're having a good one. Beavis says, Ant, which player do you think the 40... Oh, I got through that one. Sorry, guys. My thing is moving on me. Evo says, Jimmy's presser was canceled, and he hasn't signed yet. Interesting. I wasn't aware of that, Steve-O, so uh, news coming through. Uh, Paul says, patient said a dresser could get us a cheaper one. Uh, yeah, I mean, edge rusher. So, uh, patient on the edge rusher could get us a cheaper one. I think it is, and I think because the market is the way it is with the saturation of multiple really good pass rushers, you wait for some things to fall out. So we've seen, you know, a couple of guys go early, and then we've seen guys 
kind of in the middle of the road get their numbers but the big guys i think were expecting more and didn't get it so i think that's something to remember uh how about them niners and what do you think of jason poe starter potential so with poe it was fun watching him at training camp last year because you can definitely see poe and the difference between him and everyone else so he's he's basically my size he's you know six foot one you know, uh, a little over 300 pounds, like he's he's my size. So I got to see what I would look like standing amongst those behemoths. Uh, so he definitely doesn't have the side. Now, his athletic ability is on display. Those types of things he can do well. He plays good with leverage. Uh, he's definitely always able to get under defenders, which is huge. I think it is a an interesting prospect, the fact that they were so high on him. But I haven't got to see him. Since he did training camp last year, we saw him a little bit in the preseason. He did not play during the regular season because he was on, you know, the practice squad. So I don't know if Poe is a starter or not. Uh, from the from the amount I saw him improve, I would think uh, potentially he could work that way. I don't know if this is the year, but I do think he has some potential there. And the 49ers are not going to give up on him. I think they like him overall. So uh, to me, he's definitely somebody that fits into the 49ers plans. But at what point? Uh, does he come in and actually start making an impact? Right, so our D, our uh, D tackles are set. Argrave, Armstead, McGill, Kinlaw, and Davis. But when they got three edge guys, I think that's the thing. We have right now edge rise. We have Nick Bosa, Drake Jackson, uh, and we have Cleveland Farrell. You're right. There are some things that need to happen there. Uh, I do think they can still potentially bring in Jordan Willis. That would give them four. Uh, I mean, they yeah, but they do have to bring in some more guys. I think they're going to want to bring in some low-cost guys through free agency, so that way they don't have to worry about counting on uh, draft picks and not knowing who's going to be available when you make picks. If the 49ers go into the draft with three edge guys, they're walking away with three more in this draft. Uh, you could definitely do that. You could go Isaiah McGuire. You could go Thomas and Kuhn. Uh, you can go Carl Brooks. Uh, there are guys, you could go Harrison, that I like a lot because of the elite traits and length. Um, there's a ton of guys in this draft that you can go with in the edge rush department. I just didn't think they wanted to you know, go into the draft needing that many guys. I mean, potentially coming out of it, there could still be players available uh, you could bring in, but then they kind of have a little bit of an idea of what you need. Let's see. Um, Paul's loving it. BV says, Ant, good job uh, dissecting my butchered question. No, you you did just fine, BV. Uh, sometimes, you know, it, it gets us. The, the questions are hard. It's hard for me to uh, uh, to read some of these sometimes. It's nothing on anyone else. Uh, how about them Niners? Says, I want Justin Houston on the 49ers. Not too expensive. Nine and a half season. Uh, good mentor for Jackson. I would love that. I think Justin Houston is exactly what the 49ers should want in a rotational piece. Uh, the physicality that he's able to play with. He's still got a lot of speed, but he's got strength combination. He could set the run or set the edge against the run. To me, he's a solid pickup. Uh, Spotrack has him at just over $3 million value. To me, that's elite value for a nine and a half sack guy, but because of age. Uh, but I would also love him working with potential guys the 49ers could bring in in the draft. I know the 49ers got Daryl Tapp. I, I know the 49ers got, you know, Chris Kasarek, but. Uh, there's something about having players in front of you. I know you're going to have Nick Bosa doing it, um, but just a, a different thought process. It's never hurt to have, you know, more than one guy potentially, you know, helping you learn. And I think he would do a very good job. I would love him to be able to work with like Thomas Okun and, and Kuhn or somebody like that. If the 49ers were able to do it um, because I just, I really like him. I, I like Zach Harrison. I like in Kuhn. Those are two of my favorite guys right now uh, that I've watched. Uh, I've watched Felix, uh, and then DK Uzama, I think uh, uh, Jay Aguayo was telling me, telling me to watch that. I watched him. He's fantastic. There's no way he makes it to the 49ers uh, comp third round pick. There's just no way. Um, and then when I'm watching like Carl Brooks, I see a guy that I know he's six foot four, three oh three. I don't see him as an edge for the 49ers, but as a very impactful three tech. So I would move him in. His athletic ability would be tremendous on the inside. I think that he would be somebody I would definitely be interested in seeing uh, play move and, and play inside. So I think there's a lot of guys that 49ers can uh, get to play outside and some of them that could possibly float inside because of the way the 49ers play defensive line, which includes 
uh, playing guys on the inside that are normally on the edge. So I, I think that's uh, something to remember. Uh, what's up, Freddie Mac Dre in the house? Thank you so much, Freddie Mac Dre, uh, for being a member. I really appreciate it so much. Um, that's 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 big time. So thanks so much to Freddie Mac Dre for doing that. But yeah, I think that there's a, a lot of you know guys out there that are are getting it done, and I like kind of the draft and and the way that some of these players could be fitting in, and I think that's what's you know really nice. And you know another thing that I really liked that the Fortnite did, you know, and we didn't really talk about it a whole lot, um, but it was something that I was a huge fan of was Isaiah Oliver, and it, it kind of will fly under the radar as far as you know. Um, you know, as a move by the 49ers, but it's really sneaky good. So this is a guy that was highly touted in the 2018 draft. And a lot of, a lot of people thought he was a first round guy, uh, but he fits what the 49ers do. He's going to probably play the nickel. He's one of the better guys, you know, at playing uh, against the run. And I think that's something that the 49ers really need is a guy that can play in that area, but still be able to play against the run. So I'm excited about, you know, what he adds to this football team. And I think the 49ers are getting a very solid player in their secondary. And they just continue to make these smart, shrewd moves. The two-year deal for Oliver. So he's going to be coming in. Uh, but now he comes in and competes with Sam Womack for that nickel job. Or, you know, where you had concerns about Sam Womack playing the run in year one. That's why they started playing him outside more. Uh, Diomar Lenore is a guy that can play inside. But now you have three really good run stoppers at the cornerback position. And that's how you force third and longs by having cornerbacks that are willing to step up and make plays. Uh, to me, it's it's been a really really solid offseason so far. Oliver played 262 of his 426 snaps in the slot last year, and he's a you know a year removed from having uh, an ACL injury. So he missed most of 2021 with a ACL injury. Uh, once he got back in October, he played snaps, uh, very significant snaps. He had an an interception against the 49ers all year or um last year, but he's a guy that's had a lot of ability. And I think the 49ers got themselves a nice young player that can make plays in the secondary and they continue to add where you wouldn't normally think it. So, so we got let me see what we got here. Uh BV says, and how's Alex doing? Will he be back with us? Uh Alex is doing good. He's uh he got married, he's been coaching basketball. After he got his new high school coaching or teaching gig, he started coaching basketball. He did that. Uh, they went all the way to the the NorCal championships. They lost there, and now he's moving again. So uh, Alex is very busy. I don't know what the future holds as far as you know Alex being back here. Um, but I, I mean, uh, me and him are in contact. He's going to be in my wedding that I have coming up, so we'll have that going down and. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I mean, Alex is Alex is doing good, though. Trickster says, and Robbie lives in a hotel. He's from Chicago, going to cost a lot. He deserves it, but probably just a good time to move on. It could be. The one thing with Robbie Gold that he has said, though, he wants to win the Super Bowl, and he wants to go to the Hall of Fame. I don't think you're going to a Super Bowl in Chicago. So I know his family lives there. Would he love to be closer? I'm sure he would. But to me, the 40 yards are still an option. But you're right. It's going to cost. What's up, Gary? How's it going? Matt Burgos, hi, Ant. Long-time listener, first-time caller. What date are you more excited about, April 27th or April 15th? And Matt is trying to get me in trouble. April 27th being the draft, April 15th being my wedding date. So, of course, my wedding date. Come on now, Matt. I'm not getting in trouble. I'm not going down this road. <laughs> but I like, the, I like the question overall. It's solid, very solid coming from that. Uh, Brad just says, what if Zadarius Smith gets released from the Vikings? I'm in it. I mean, if Zadarius Smith gets released, he's my first call. I want to get him to the 49ers. I think he fits perfectly opposite of Nick Bosa. The things you could do with a line that consists of Bosa, Zadarius Smith, uh, Javon Hargrave, and Eric Armstead is ridiculous. Uh, talk about closing time on third down. All those guys have the ability to get home. All those guys have had double-digit sacks in a season. To me, it could be absolutely spectacular. Uh, but he has to get released first. So far, they've said they're not going to release him. They signed Marcus Davenport, but it appears that they signed him to rush opposite of Zedaria Smith. We'll see, though. Zedaria Smith still has his house up for sale. So we'll see how that works out. Oh, geez. Um, it's just one of those things they're going to continue to work on it. So uh, 
it's 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 fun, you know. It's fun to see how the 49ers are building the roster. But you're right, tons of edge rushers are still out there, and Zadarius Smith could potentially be added to that, you know, that lineup. Uh, if if he is, I mean, it just it just adds an already you know to an already saturated you know group. Uh, when you look at it, offensive tackles have went at a pretty high level. Uh, there has been a lot of the the guys who have went. You know, as the edge guys, I mean, one of the guys that I wanted the 49ers to bring in was Morgan Fox uh, from the Chargers, but he re-upped there. I thought he was going to be a low-cost guy that could be very effective for the 49ers, uh, but he had six and a half sacks last year, so I really liked him, but he went back. So now it's starting to find other guys, but, you know, listening to uh, the value of other players, and I don't know what, did. does anyone know if J.J. Watt decided he was coming back? Uh, because... All of a sudden, I'm on Spotrack, and they just added J.J. Watt, and he hasn't been on here the entire time. So I don't know if anyone knows if he said he was coming back or not, but Frank Clark, uh, Robert Quinn, Yannick Ngagwe, who most 49er fans have been very in on, uh, Jordan Elliott, Splash Cousins' favorite, Jadavion Clowney, Matt Ioannidis, who played for Carolina last year. I've heard a lot about him. Um, Elias Campbell, who got released. Potentially, he's still out there. Justin Houston, who we talked about earlier. Carlos Dunlap, who's been around, was on the Kansas City Chiefs last year, 34 years old. Dante Fowler, been around, but was with Dallas last year, did pretty good. Um, I know Trey Flowers is visiting. Kerry Hyder could still come back to the 49ers. Jason Pierre-Paul was with Baltimore last year. He's available. Um, I mean, there is a lot of players that are still out there that are available, including Jordan Willis. I mean, it's definitely more picked over, but when you look at those, you know, top names, uh, they're they're still big time. I mean, those first five or six names are big time players that can make an impact for you, especially if you want a speed rush guy. So we'll see what the 49ers do on the edge rush uh, angle. I think it's going to be a free agent at some point. I don't know if it'll be a high cost one. Uh, I think if they could get one of those big time guys, then you might as well go do it. Uh, Brad says Bob Tonyan just signed with the Bears. Thought he might have been a cheap option, but clearly Niners are drafting a couple Titans in the draft. Yeah, I thought he was going to be an an option as well. I saw Saubert. Uh, he was another guy that when I did my tight end video, I thought he was an option for the 49ers coming over from Denver. He went to Miami, so you see the scheme fit. Um, he was able to move over there. Last year played for Nathaniel Hackett. So uh, Mike McDaniel moving on from Gasecki and bringing in tight ends that fit his scheme that are more, uh, you know, dual, dual threats, pass uh, as far as catching balls and blocking. Are they big-time names? No, but they're pretty good. What's up, Michael? How's it going? Michael Humphrey in the house says, Ant, if you could have any 49ers player or coach attending your wedding, who would it be? You know, that's a good question. Um, I, You know what? I, I just think that as far as fun-wise, you would have to lean towards George Kittle, right? I mean, the dude's just a blast, a lot of fun. I think he, you know, him and him and Claire would just be a, a blast to be around. So I think that would be uh, that. Um, but you know, I I like a lot of the different um, groups now. Like I like Fred Warner. I think Warner would be a lot of fun to me. Those guys would be awesome. And if you just want to get yelled at, right, Chris Kasarek, let's let's get yelled at. Let's have Chris Kasarek come to the house. If he was still alive, I would have went with Bill Walsh. And if we're talking about legend, um, I would love to, you know, have somebody like Joe Montana or uh roger craig or, or one of those guys so uh yeah it would be a, that would be a lot of fun but that was a good question overall but yeah i mean kittle warner i don't think you could go wrong with those i mean since i'm sporting maybe sam darnold i don't know i'm already you know feeling darnold uh but no i mean there's a i really do like a lot of the players that the 49ers have i think there's a lot of really good guys so um yeah i, I think that those would be a couple uh bb says early congratulations and thanks i really appreciate it uh and then Brad says the J.J. Watt news is that the Cardinals officially released him. Okay, now it makes sense why he got uh, put on the list. I did see that he's officially put as inactive. Jelly says, when the Niners sign a former Panther, Matt Ioannidis, oh, when will they? It could be. Let's see what his money ends up looking like. I, I don't know. Ioannidis would be a huge addition to the 49ers. And I think at that point, you start asking questions about Kinlaw. Um, I know he's 4.9 million against the cap, and I expect him to be a part of this roster. But uh, where does he fit as far as that goes? So I think that's one thing to remember. Uh, Eric says, "Get Dalton Schultz run two tight end sets." 
I wouldn't be against it. I, I really wouldn't. I think that the 49ers definitely like running the two tight end sets. Uh, and when you have Christian McCaffrey, it allows you the opportunity to do so because you can still have huge mismatches by keeping them in their base four three, uh, but then putting Christian McCaffrey lined up on linebackers. You want to be in those tight end sets. So Robert Tanyan got the one-year deal today. He was somebody that I thought the Niners could potentially get. Also, Eric Salbert, I thought he was potential. He went to Miami on a $1.65 million deal. So the guy's still available who kind of fit the bill for what the 49ers are looking for. Like you said, Dalton Schultz. Uh, but what's Dalton Schultz's market value? I bet it's pretty ridiculous. I don't think the 49ers would pay big for a tight end. I think it has to be like decent to average money. Um, the market value for Dalton Schultz is $5.19 million. The 49ers are not paying $15.1 million for Dalton Schultz. Uh, Austin Hooper is a name that I've started to hear people talk about as a potential option for the 49ers. Uh, but Hooper is set to make $6.7 million. Uh, if they could talk him into taking five, $5 million or below, I think that would be something the 49ers would be willing to do. Hooper somebody that Kyle Shannon has been interested in before. He's a Stanford guy, so John Lynch would like it. To me, Austin Hooper would make some sense depending on money. I brought up Dan Arnold before. He was in Jacksonville last year, but he's been with Arizona. He's still got some skills. Um, I, I think he's he's an option. Irv Smith, we've heard about. I mean, he's a young guy. I expect Irv Smith to still get a big contract once everything kind of you know works out, but he's expected to make double digits. Not an option for the 49ers. They're not paying someone over $10 million when they already have George Kittle. So who else would be available? A O.J. Howard, I think, would make sense for the 49ers. He did pretty good last year. I think he's somebody they could go with. Um, so I, I mean, there are guys that are, are that are available that the 49ers could go. Drew Sample, uh, another guy the 49ers could be interested in. Jordan Akins, who I did some some stuff about uh, in the tight end video. You guys can go back and check that out about tight ends who the 49ers could be interested in. I think those are some names. Uh, we've seen guys already go off the market, but the 49ers are definitely in the tight end market, not just in free agency though, but in the draft, like was brought up. I think the 49ers are going to go with a a draft pick, maybe two. You know, who will it be that they end up getting, you know, in that category? I think that's a bigger question. Uh, there's going to be very, very good players available for the 49ers when they draft at the end of the third round with those comp picks. I think there'll be some, still some very solid tight ends there. I don't think Sam Laporta will be there anymore after his great combine, but, uh, you know, Luke Shoemaker could potentially be there. I look for him to go in the third round. Will Mallory, who's one of my star players, I need to do a star player report on him was the fastest tight end at the combine. He's somebody that I like a lot um, that I think can make an impact for the 49ers early. Of course, a lot of people have talked about Zach Koontz. I think physically he's imposing with a size 6'7", 255. He's fast, uh, but needs a lot of development in the pass blocking game. So he's a guy, you know, potentially the 49ers could target. Uh, Britton Strange has, has looked pretty good from everything that I've saw. And then my uh, one of my under-the-radar guys, Blake Whitehart out of Wake Forest, uh, six foot four, two hundred and forty seven pounds. To me, that that's another guy that that I like. So Blake Whitehart is another guy to keep an eye on, and that the Forty ers could be interested in the draft. So plenty of potential at tight end in the draft for the Forty ers Let's see. Sorry, chat jumped on me while I was talking. Um, Jose, how's it going? Jose Alvarado says, "Aunt, what do you think of Cameron Fleming? He can play swing tackle." Yeah, I think that's a possibility. I think the 49ers will look to bring in some veterans at some point uh, along the offensive line. It's usually guys who Kyle Shannon's familiar with, but uh, they could go with a guy like that to be able to play each way. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how, how that goes. Um, Orktal says, Ant, what do you think about Shoemaker tight end from Michigan? That would be a good possibility. Yeah, so you brought it up the other day. I got into the, the film on him. I like him a lot. I thought that he, you know I could easily give him a third round grade, late two, early three. To me, Shoemaker makes a lot of sense. He's pretty athletic. Uh, I liked his blocking ability. Good catcher of the football. Pretty good routes. I think the one thing that really was noticeable for me though was he went down a little bit easier than I anticipated. I thought he was going to be a little bit tougher to bring down, but you could definitely get better at that. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I like him, especially in that third round range. If he was sitting there for the 49ers and their comp picks. Um, I wouldn't hesitate to make a move like that. If you could walk away in the draft 
with a Shoemaker and a Will Mallory or 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 Jack Koontz or Zach Koontz, uh, I would be all about it. So to me, he's a guy that's definitely in that market that I like. If I liked his overall skill set uh, and the ability you could put him with Kittle, I think it would be nice. And that's what you said earlier, right? I, Shoemaker would pair with dice with Kittle. I think so. Uh, I'm looking for guys who are balanced at the tight end position. Uh, make you think, hey, are, I, are they going to run? Are they going to pass? Uh, we can we can do both. And I like that about him. I think he's one of those guys that you don't know what you're going to get out of him. He could run. He could pass. So to me, I like it a lot. Um, but I, I think, yeah, hurricane tied in, huh? Yeah, I know. Uh, it, it's it's not like it's not like I, I, I look at the, the team. You know what I mean? I would love for it to be um, a guy that you know, that comes out of uh, Florida State, but I haven't seen the guy. And then when you're talking about Purdue's tight end, Payne Durham, I think the only question mark with him is he's a lot slower. Um, So I know he has a pretty good release off the ball, but as far as being able to separate against linebackers and safeties in the NFL, he's going to have to use a six foot six body to be able to do it because he just can't run as fast as everyone else. I mean, Mallory ran a four five, uh, Koontz ran a four five, and Payne Durham ran a four, almost a four nine. Uh, the difference between the two guys is pretty drastic. So um, I think that that's something he could work on. But if he can body players, it's definitely something he could do. Um, Yeah, Knowles are going to be fun to watch, JLE, for sure. BV says, Ant, how about Noah Fant, Seattle tight end? Is he available? Uh, I I mean, I don't I don't think he's available right now. If Noah Fant was available, I, I mean, 100%, I'd be willing to get Noah Fant. Uh, but I think he's under contract. And if he ever became not under contract for the Seattle Seahawks, I would be all over that. To me, Noah Fant would be a tremendous player for the 49ers, a lot better in the the pass catching department than the blocking department. Uh, but when you have a guy like Charlie Warner, you could potentially you know figure it out. I do think the 49ers have been trying to locate tight ends that fit the system to be able to run more play action where it's believable that those guys are going to stay in and block but can also go out and catch the you know catch the ball so i think it, either way you know i mean that's what you're looking for um but right now in the draft there are tight ends and this is a heavy tight end draft i think the 49ers should and could take two tight ends in this draft and most of the mock drafts i do have two tight ends so i, I think that's something I'm, I'm looking forward to doing i'm gonna start doing some mock drafts here and there so if you get notifications about that i'm gonna get into those have fun talking about um you know, the draft picks and some of the players that I've been breaking down. I definitely haven't got the full depth and scope of all these guys to like to do in-depth breakdowns, uh, but I'm starting to get an idea. And when people bring them up in chat and I go watch them, um, you know, and it, it's fun because I think sometimes people get really hyped about certain players, especially coming out of the combine with their testing. And then you go back and you watch their video and you're like, hey, does that translate? Because uh, when it comes down to it, it don't matter how fast you run, how many bench press reps you do. If it don't show up on film, it just don't matter. You know, workout warriors don't get it done in the league. And um, I see some technique flaws in, in some of the guys. And then some guys, you're like, hey, you know what? They have technique flaws, but they have these elite traits, and they can they can definitely figure out how to do these technique things. And the Forges have good coaching staff. So you sometimes you're just looking for things that are elite and let the coaches coach them up a little bit. Brad says, couple videos coming out today. The new signings arriving being uh, greeted by Debo and Fred, Kyle and John welcoming them Kyle's hug for uh Sam at least three Mississippis. Oh, I like that. I, I like that you counted it out uh, and broke it all down. <laughs> three Mississippis. I'm gonna have to check these out. I haven't watched the pressers yet. Uh, I saw that they were doing the pressers, but I want to sit back and watch them and and kind of get some information on them. But uh, I'm definitely interested in getting into that. That'll be a lot of fun for sure. Uh, JLS says surprised that Irv Smith isn't signed yet, or is he? No, he's not signed yet. So they haven't really moved. Any of these big-time tight ends have not been moved yet. Um, I mean, the, the tight ends, if you want to look at the guys who have been signed, so the tight ends who have been signed, Hayden Hurst, who just got done, um, he got about $7.2 million per year. Josh Oliver, a young guy, uh, he's going to Minnesota. He was one of the best blocking tight ends in the entire league. He got $7 million a year. Uh, Chris Manhurts got... Um, three million a year. Eric Sauber got one point six eight five, and we don't know what Tanyan or Ben Alefson got yet. Those ones still haven't came down. So one, two, three, six tight ends have signed so far. Uh, the big time tight ends haven't. Gasecki, Schultz, Hooper, uh, all those guys are still available. Mercedes Lewis, who 
I guess after the Jets officially get the Aaron Rodgers deal done, could potentially he could be headed there. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, a little bit older now, he's all he's out there. Uh, so I think that Irv Smith is one of those big time names who hasn't went yet. So I mean, there's still guys out there that are available. Uh, another guy interesting, the Fournier could be interested in someone like Max Williams, even though he's had some injuries. Um, but I mean, Jordan Jordan Aikens and OJ Howard, both guys from the Titans, I'd be interested in bringing them in. If I was the 49ers uh, and then Zach Gentry, if you want a guy who's young, 26 years old, who can block like the Dickens. I mean, he's a guy I like, he's more of a possession receiver, but he's, he's a guy I definitely like. And if he's your third tight end um, and you've got somebody else, you know, that you drafted or, you know, someone you, you brought in for five or six millions, like Austin Hooper, I think your tight end room is set and kicking and ready to roll. Yeah. So I, I like it. Um, a D. Will says Kittle got a great contract. He did. I mean, Kittle's got a, a great contract that the 49ers aren't going to, you know, need, need to do anything from. They could potentially restructure him. Let's see if they do that. Let's see if they end up restructuring him. Um, but I don't know for sure. I really don't. And so I'm I'm excited to see, you know, what he is what he is gonna do um and how it, he improves. A lot of people thought Kittle was falling off. Uh, but Kittle did not fall off. He had himself a great year. A lot of that, though, I mean, you got to give credit to the young quarterback, uh, Brock Purdy. He did a very, very good job. And uh, KNDR comes through with nice Darnold jersey, Ant. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. I got it. I mean, just in time, right, for his press conference. Uh, you have to know people to be able to get a Sam Darnold 49er jersey that fast. You just, I mean, you got to do it. JLE says options galore. At the tight end room. There is all kinds. Brad says, and Oren Burke's working out with Kittle at Kittle's house. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get faster. He's going to get stronger. Uh, Oren Burke's, I think, is is going to be touted with the third linebacker spot. And I thought he looked pretty good last year. I think the 49ers brought him in under a two-year contract with the thought being that he was going to help on special teams and Aziz was going to leave and they were going to need somebody to step up. And now they have him and they re-signed Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. So uh, Fowles will be back and competing, but that room is stacked again. I know you lose Aziz and so you're just not as good with the top three, but the step back is what? We haven't seen Burks play a good amount. He could end up being as good as Aziz. So they've got Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and then they've got Oren Burks. They got Curtis Robinson, who they were high enough last year on that they didn't want to lose, that they put him on their 53-man roster uh, before week one. So that was impressive. You got Flanning and Fowles, who's learned in this system. Uh, and, and Coach Hollins has really coached him up. He's done a pretty good job. We've heard all about McCrary Ball. Uh, Marcelino McCrary Ball, tons of 49er fans and content creators are hugely high on him. I think he ends up being a special teams guy who will be the first kind of sub in. Uh, but you've got another stacked group, a little bit younger now uh, with, you know, with Robinson, McCrary Ball, um, and then you have Flanagan Fowles competing with Oren Burks, but I think Burks is going to be that guy that plays the third ty- uh, third linebacker spot. So absolutely, you know, fantastic group overall. I'm excited about you know who the 49ers have in the building, um, and I'm excited about who they continue to bring in. It's just smart, shrewd moves. Uh, these things don't these things don't get you going crazy. Uh, Chase McLaughlin returns to the 49ers? Question marks. I don't know. You know, it, I think that all depends on what they decide to do with Robbie Gold. And I think, you know, I, I think the 49ers got to be concerned. And I know I would be concerned. I would be concerned if you got to the NFC Championship game, and you're lining up to kick a field goal to win, and it's not a a veteran that you have confidence in. Uh, if it's not Robbie Gold or, or one of those guys. And there there's some guys available. And, you know, Chase McLaughlin is definitely a young guy that's available. He's only 26 years old. Um, so, I mean, they could go that route. He had a lot of success. I mean, but his number, $4.1 million, is probably pretty close to what you're going to be paying Robbie Gold. Why not bring back the kicker? I know he's 40 years old. I know he doesn't have the length on his kicks on kickoffs or on field goals that you're used to. Uh, but when it comes to playoff time, he does not miss. Literally does not miss. I don't know if you can walk away from that. But the kicker, other kickers available you know, the 49ers could be interested in, of course, Mason Crosby from Green Bay. He's kicked in every situation. He's been really good. Randy Bullock from Tennessee, 33 years old. Uh, steer clear of, of Brett Maher uh, with the, the extra point problems last year. 
And then I think the last guy, Eddie Panero from Carolina, just because of the connection with Steve Wilkes, 27 years old. Uh, I think it comes down to gold, though. I think the 49ers want to bring gold back. I think if it wasn't gold after that, I think I'd be trying to bring back Mason Crosby. Because I would have been all in on guys like Matt Gay or Greg Zerline, but I wasn't going to pay Matt Gay what he got. $5.6 million. That probably put Robbie Gold wanting close to $5 million. But you just you can't pay a kicker $5 million. $4 million for Robbie Gold? Maybe. Uh, even then it's tough, but you just don't want to get into those situations you know, where you're, uh, you're, you're doing that. Uh, just scary to, to pay a kicker that much and missing out on another player. Forkdahl says, I'm glad Foles returned. Fouls, hard to believe since he wasn't tendered at all. He will help big time for the special teams. Yeah, I, he wasn't tendered because they're bringing him back on a cheaper deal. So they weren't able to reach an agreement with him before the uh, start of the official league year. Uh, they they did with you know with uh, Kevin Givens. They did with uh, Holden McKivitz. They weren't able to foul, so they had to release him. So that way they didn't have to tender him a contract that was going to pay him more than what they felt it was worth. Uh, but then he negotiates with the four yards, and he's going to come in on a pretty cheap deal. I think that's great. What's up, Mr. Corey? How's it going? Great one in the house as well, says Panero. Yeah, no, I've I've actually heard people, you know, pushing Panero pretty good. Could be a, a problem. Uh, Mr. Corey says, Ward and Emmanuel Mosley. It was sad. I think it's sad every year when we see these players, you know, that we've, we've kind of come accustomed to really cheering for. Someone like Jimmy Ward been around since 2014, but... Uh, I mean, at some point, right, you have to you have to move on. They price themselves out or you get a young player in another position that you just can't afford to lose. And then you have to do it. And with Jimmy Ward, you know, he wanted to play safety. He wasn't going to play safety for the 49ers. So he took similar money to go to the Texans and play safety. I can't hate on him for doing that and doing what he felt was right for him and his family. But it will be different not seeing Jimmy Ward's number one out there uh, this season for sure. And I did not want to lose um emmanuel mosley mike what's up mike says we need to keep good as gold i'm with you a great one i'm doing great i hope you're doing good as well brad jones says what about eddie panero for kicker yeah i think he's a possibility we'll see if they end up signing him bb50 says ant you see open competition for starting quarterback you know what from the beginning i i didn't see it as far as because i just don't think brock purdy is going to be available and ready to compete during training camp so I think it's going to be geared more towards Trey Lance. Uh, I think that, you know, when it comes to, um, when it comes to the quarterback situation, I do think they have some guys now that are available with Sam Darnold. I mean, he's, he's not an, he's, he's very talented. It's not like he's void of talent. Um, I'm, I haven't been as open as saying, you know, Sam Darnold's can compete for the starting job, but I mean, without knowing the health of Trey Lance and the health of Brock Purdy, I think it's at least, within reason that Sam Darnold could potentially start some games for the 49ers. But I think everything within them wants Trey Lance to be the starting quarterback um, until Brock Purdy's ready to go. And then, then we'll see where they're really at with it. But, you know, Brock Purdy won seven games for the 49ers. He won two playoff games. I don't think that can be ignored, but it also can't be ignored that, you know, Trey Lance is a tremendous talent and has got a lot of ability. And if he continues to improve, it could be hard. Uh, Jose says, should the Niners sign Anthony Brown or Greedy Williams? I mean, I like Greedy Williams a lot. I think Greedy's got a tremendous amount of talent. He fits the 49ers system as far as change of direction and things. If he was willing to come in for a very cheap deal, um, you know, a one-year veteran prove-it deal, then I think the 49ers would be, you know, probably very excited to bring him in and letting him compete because I don't think it's set at the end of the you know, the, the depth chart, you know, I don't think they're sold on Ambry Thomas right now, even though he was an Adam Peters guy, I don't think they're really set on it. So I do think there is room for growth there, whether it's a cheap veteran, potentially like a greedy Williams or Anthony Brown or a guy, uh, you know, that they could bring in, you know, in the draft. So I think they're going to make a couple moves here. Jay Kelly says, how has he worked 4.1 million contracts weren't over 2 million offer him two years, 2.4 million and call it. It could be, yeah, I don't know why Spotrack put him at, you know, 4.1 million, but that's exactly where they did for sure. A great one says we need to address that right tackle. Um Oli Uda, Oda, I don't I'm sorry, I'm I know I'm saying that name wrong. Would be a good replacement. I'm not exactly too familiar with the player that you were mentioning. Um so I'd have to really look at it, but I'm not sure the 49ers are going to be willing to pay 
a good amount for a right tackle. Uh, they haven't been willing so far. They seem to be willing to go with Colton McKivitz. I think this reminds me of a lot of last year when Lakin Tomlinson left. It was the thought that, oh, no, we need to get somebody that can play left guard. And then, you know, Aaron Banks stepped in and played at a high level. And they're very high on Colton McKivitz. And I know we haven't seen it at a high level yet. So there's a lot of unknown there. I just don't know, you know, who they'll be willing to bring in. I think there's guys. There's a couple guys here and there they could bring in. Fant, um, potentially. We'll see. Uh, Mike says Trey is quarterback one. I think he is right now for sure. I think he's going to go in through all the OTAs, the training camp, everything. He's going to be quarterback one. I think that's the intention of the organization right now, especially with the unknowns about Brock Purdy. I think the only thing that helps, you know, Sam Darnold get into that starting lineup is if Trey really struggles or if the injury is not fully healed. Uh, but other than that, I think they're going to let Trey get his opportunity and see how he does. I think it's smart to have a player like Sam Darnold that could step in um, if Trey was to get hurt or, you know, just you know, had some struggles. I think the Forges would let him work through a lot of those struggles, but. You know, let's say Brock was going to miss the first eight games and you get through the first four and the 49ers are one in three, uh, then at least you have a potential to go to a guy that's extremely talented. And I think we'll see how overall how Sam Darnold looks in training camp. Right now, we have no idea what he'll look like in this 49ers scheme, you know, and working with Brian Greasy and, and Clay Kubiak. So I think there's a lot of unknowns there. Uh, less unknowns with Sam Darnold uh, as far as in the NFL than Trey. Uh, but Trey's got such a tremendous upside. I can't see the 49ers not going in with him being considered number one quarterback through OTA's training camp uh, and probably the preseason because we don't know when Brock's going to be back and ready to go. Raylan says uh, Udo is right tackle for the Vikings. He will come cheap. He is a swing tackle. Okay, I'm going to look him up. So thank you for that great one. I really appreciate that. Um, and I agree with you. I think that Purdy could start the season on know on the ir or the pup list i think those are definitely possibilities so uh to me that makes a lot of sense for sure so yeah i'll, I'll go in and check this right tackle out and see what i think uh you know and i appreciate everyone that you know gives me guys like that to look up i love it i just love you know looking at more players players i haven't heard about you know that haven't considered yet for the 49ers uh so thank you for that great one and guys i've been on for an hour i'm gonna hop off thank you guys all so much what a great chat it was talking 49ers free agency looking forward to doing it again and uh we'll be doing mock draft 1.0 for ant here pretty soon i'll let you guys all know when it's coming but until then stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way